Hi, this is Randy from Natural Bliss Podcast. Years ago, I watched a television program that told about the dangers and the symptoms of mercury, in particular, dental amalgams. I realized at the time I had some of the symptoms, but people that I worked with said, oh, it's too late for people like us. Unfortunately, I believe them. We trust our friends, but they're just not knowledgeable in this area. But you know, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't go through the seriousness of mercury poisoning. The information I'm giving is not for me. I got well. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so that others can get well. The following is a production of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. Hello, and welcome back to Natural Bliss Podcast. This is the second part in our series, Living on the Mercury Roller Coaster. The things we're going to be discussing today are going to be some internet reports. We're going to talk more about the sources of mercury, more of the symptoms of mercury, and we're going to start talking about how to get this stuff out of our body and get well. Once again, I have a disclaimer. I am not a medical professional. This information is for educational purposes only and to provide you with information to share with your medical professional so that they may advise you. The first thing I want to talk about today is some of the internet reports that I've looked over, and I've looked over I don't know how many hundreds or thousands. It was my main source of research, and I'm going to tell you what I look for in an internet report. If you're going to be a detective, you can't look at a couple of clues. You have to look at everything you can find. Therefore, it's just important to look at all the reports you can before you come to any conclusion. I'm going to talk about two reports that I have in my stack of research, and it is quite a stack. One of them is entitled Mercury Fillings, They're Not Risky. This was published on the WebMD site on uh, December 9, 2004. The individual who wrote this article stated, and I quote, only 300 studies had merit to be included in their report. However, there's thousands of reports and studies out there. Also, there were no reference sources given. Overall, I just found the report to be very vague. In another report from the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, this website was published in 2016, the writer discussed details of issues due to dental amalgams, which are also called silver fillings. This report listed at least 25 reference sources. Therefore, I rate this report higher on my credibility list. Before we look at our sources of mercury, I'm going to first take you to what the EPA says about the danger of a couple of other things, just to give you an idea of the dangers of mercury. First, I'm going to talk about lead. If you have a lead spill in a particular area, and in particular they're talking about lead dust here, the first step is to wear protective gear. You want to put on plastic gloves, goggles, respirator, a disposable suit, some type of booties or rubber boots. You want to use a vacuum that's got a fine particular filter called a HEPA filter. You want to vacuum all the areas from the least contaminated to the most contaminated. Start at the top and work your way down because lead's very heavy. Be sure to clean all the crevices and get in between everything. Clean all the floors last, mopping, changing the water several times in between. You're supposed to dispose of the water in an approved method, and it describes an approved method. Place all of the contaminant and all of the protective gear in a 6 milliliter plastic bag. Seal it and mark it lead contaminated. Dispose of it in an approved manner. Next, let's take a look at asbestos. Everyone's heard of the dangers of asbestos. Once again, this is from the EPA. 
The best thing to do with asbestos in your home is to leave it alone. Just don't disturb it. It's the dust that you don't want to swallow or inhale. You can encase it. You can paint it. Just leave it alone. But if it has to be removed in most states, you must hire someone that is licensed. Don't try to do it yourself. The last thing is mercury. And it states what to do if you spill more mercury than the amount in a thermometer, but less than one pound, which is about two tablespoons. Two tablespoons is one pound of mercury. That's some heavy stuff. Never use a vacuum to clean up the mercury. It'll put mercury in the air and increase exposure. Never use a broom. It will break the mercury into smaller droplets and spread them. Never pour mercury down the drain. It may lodge in the plumbing and cause future problems during plumbing repairs. If discharged, it can cause pollution of the septic tank or sewage treatment plant. Never walk around if your shoes might be contaminated with mercury. Cleanup instructions. Have everyone else leave the area. Don't let anyone walk through the mercury on their way out. Open all windows and doors to the outside. Turn down the temperature. Shut all doors to all other parts of the house and leave the area. Emphasis, do not vacuum. Call the local health department as soon as possible. If it's after hours, please call your local fire department. Anytime one pound, which is about two tablespoons or more, is released into the environment, it is mandatory that you call the National Response Center, which operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's pretty bad stuff. There's several types of mercury compounds. There's ethyl mercury, methyl mercury, elemental mercury, organic and inorganic mercury, but it's, it's not really necessary to become a scientist here. We don't have to break them all down. They all have their dangers. Do your research. In the Roman days, it's said that when you won a political election, you would send your opponent to the Almaden mines in Spain. That's a mine which is still used for mercury extraction today. After a couple of years, they would talk, quote, crazy, and no one would believe them anymore. Also, the term Mad Hatter came from people that would use mercury to soften the felt that was used in making hats. After a couple of years, they would go, quote, mad. We have so many sources of mercury today. One of them I mentioned several times, of course, is the amalgam fillings. They're 50% mercury, and they put off vapors every time you chew or drink something hot. Over 90% of my sources agree on this. Many countries no longer allow amalgam fillings to be used. The United States is not one of them. But there are many dentists that will not use them. As amalgam fillings age, they turn black, especially around the edges, and they'll flake off. This is when you increase the amount that you're ingesting. The controversy goes on. It's up to you to use your own judgment. Another source of mercury comes from coal fire plants that generate electricity. You're going to read some reports on the internet that talk about they were required to put these super sulfur filters on there, and they were. But what Congress did was to exempt the existing plants. So we still have a lot of plants out there that don't have those good filters. Coal contains mercury, and when it burns, it puts off methylmercury. The methylmercury, which is in a gas, then gets into the air in the clouds and is eventually rained out. It's a small amount each time, but over a period of several years, it builds. The thing about mercury is, if you take and put one drop of mercury in a pond, and you leave it for a year, come back, that mercury is still there. It doesn't magically disappear. It will not evaporate. What will happen is the bottom feeder fish will eventually ingest some of the mercury, and the bigger fish will eat the smaller fish, and finally, humans will eat the bigger fish. It'll be a small amount each time, but our bodies have very few mechanisms for excreting mercury. 
Therefore, every time we ingest more mercury, it adds to our body burden. Which brings us to the next source of mercury, fish. From catfish out of the local river to tuna or salmon out of the ocean, most fish and seafood contain some amounts of mercury. I'm going to share a report with you. This is from the Department of Environmental Quality from the state of Louisiana. It's dated May of 2003. There's a fish consumption advisory for the Tangipaho River District stating that unacceptable levels of mercury had been detected in largemouth bass, spotted bass, flathead catfish, Opelousa catfish, freshwater drum, and bowfin. The area includes the Tangipaho River, which is very close to us, from the Louisiana-Mississippi state line to Lake Pontchartrain, in other words, the entire river. Women of childbearing age and children less than seven years of age should consume no more than one meal per month of the fish listed above. A meal is considered to be about a half pound. Older children and adults should consume no more than four meals per month of the listed fish above. But my research has not been able to determine how they came up with these restrictions, since mercury does not belong in the body at all. Industry all around the world has used mercury for product processing. Large amounts have been simply dumped into the environment. This includes lakes, rivers, oceans, and land. The Great Lakes in the U.S. are known for high mercury levels, especially Lake Ontario. Over the years, electrical equipment and medical equipment have incorporated mercury. You know that little silver bubble in the thermostat in your home? Mercury. A lot of light switches, anti-lock brake systems, aircraft attitude indicators, some old doorbells, some pressure switches, vending machines, of course thermometers, the blood pressure gauge that hung on your doctor's wall for years. And some of you may remember saying the barometer is at 31 point inches of mercury and falling when rain or damp weather was moving in. Also, things like paint processing, paper processing, really too many things to totally talk about. But one of the things is fluorescent light bulbs. They very commonly become broken. They contain a very small amount of mercury, and precautions should be taken if you do break one. Follow all the guidelines for cleanup, and remember, don't use a vacuum. You'll spread the vapors. Eventually, all these things I just mentioned are going to reach the end of their lifespan, and usually they just get discarded into the environment around you. There are laws that say that people are supposed to throw them away in an approved manner, but it just doesn't always happen. In summary, most of our body burden comes from amalgam fillings, fish and seafood, sometimes our water supply, and by breathing the vapors. Some sources are just unavoidable, and most experts I have researched agree that pretty much all the world population has some amount of mercury in their bodies. Some people just seem to tolerate it more than others, and I have yet to find a good scientific report as to why. Now, the symptoms of mercury toxicity are very wide. There's about 250 documented symptoms. And that's why it can be very difficult to diagnose, since it will have very different symptoms from person to person. But I guess some of the most common issues, in which I had all of them, appear to be a great increase in allergies, shyness, tingling in the hands and feet, a lot of jumping muscles, get tremors, a lot of food sensitivities, especially to dairy, uh, unexplained fevers, arthritis, fatigue, depression, wow, the list just goes on. So it's very easy to see why it can be confused with many other, quote, diseases. Other documented symptoms are things like heart problems, chest pains, which is angina, uh, racing heart, heart murmurs. Some people will have an abnormal EKG, 
high blood pressure, low blood pressure could be both. So that's just some of the heart problems. There can be a lot of skin problems like unexplained rashes, excessive itching, uh, red flushes. You can have rough skin. Some people experience a lot of acne. It definitely causes a lot of nervous disorders, such as Bell's palsy. Some people have been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, uh, sometimes shingles. Uh, epilepsy and convulsions have been diagnosed when it was mercury poisoning. I actually had one person on this next statement. The doctor told him it was his nerves. Some people shake their hands and feet. You get a lot, like I say, a lot of twitching. There are a lot of digestive issues, uh, Crohn's disease, Graves' disease, indigestion, diarrhea, heartburn. Some people would just get a poor appetite. Uh, you can be diagnosed with mononucleosis. You can actually have a false positive for venereal disease. People have been diagnosed with leukemia and Hodgkin's disease. It also can interfere with blood sugar, causing you to be diagnosed as a diabetic. It can cause you to have an overactive thyroid. You can have problems with your pancreas. You can be underweight. It can cause prostate problems. It can cause women to have serious and painful menstrual cycles. And sometimes it will just stop without a reason. A lot of emotional problems, depression, uh, people wishing that they were dead, irritability. A lot of people, uh, they claim that it's caused divorces. You get a lot of annoying symptoms. Uh, a lot of people get frequent headaches, noises in the ears. That was one of mine, or actually ringing in the ears. Thought I had tinnitus. Uh, chronic eye inflammation. I had a lot of problems with dry eye. Swollen lip nodes. Uh, do you sweat excessively or not at all? You get a lot of cold hands and feet. Uh, do you suffer from motion sickness? Slow healing, a lot of cramps. Some people it's been known to cause insomnia. Allergies to all kinds of things, soaps, detergents, food, fabric, metals. A lot of people report arthritis, tennis elbow, painful joints, psoriasis. In my research, I found reports that said some people have been diagnosed with sickle cell anemia when they were actually poisoned from mercury. It can cause uh, white spots in your mouth. Uh, you can get a metal taste in your mouth. Sometimes you can feel like movement in the brain, sounds of cracking and popping at the base of the brain. Some people will get headaches right after they eat. The list is just so long. What I finally did was to sit down and write down all of my symptoms and just take a look to see what my problem could be. If you're having multiple symptoms and they don't coincide to any one disease, all I'm saying is that this is a suspect. I was diagnosed with mono and chronic fatigue syndrome. In my investigation, I found I had many symptoms that just did not go along with the diagnosis. And I was told by the doctor, those other symptoms will go away when the mono goes away. The symptoms are going to vary depending on what organs that the mercury gets into. If you go to your doctor and you tell them that you suspect you were mercury toxic, one thing they will do sometimes is to order a blood test to check for mercury. The test is not a good test by itself. Why? Because mercury lodges into organs and generally does not stay in the blood. But the medical profession considers anything between 10 nanograms to 20 nanograms per liter to be normal. Well, it's what has become the normal because of the abundance in our environment. But remember, it doesn't belong in our bodies at all. It's not a safe level. It's just an accepted level. Many of my sources agree that if mercury is in an organ for more than two years, that it does some type of permanent damage. That's a great reason to reduce this body burden as soon as you can. But this process should be taken cautiously. We're gonna have more after this.
out your heavenly body with heavenly body skincare products. Heavenly body products are created to feed and nourish the skin. They formulate their products in small batches for both quality and freshness. Heavenly Body's products are cruelty-free, contain certified organic ingredients, and are cost-effective. To bring out the Heavenly Body in you, visit their website at hborganicskincare.com. Thank you for staying with us. In the period of my life when my health had reached the lowest that it had ever been, I had very little direction in my knowledge notebook to follow, but I took it one step at a time. Extracting mercury from your body is a very slow and tedious process. Be patient. It's highly unlikely that mercury got into your system quickly and it will be slow to remove. It's kind of like this. If you take a gallon jar, a clear gallon jar, and you fill it with muddy, murky water, what you're going to do is take a half pint of water out of that jar and throw it away and you're going to replace it with clean water. The first day, you're not going to notice any difference. The second day, the third day, the fourth day. It's going to be a couple of weeks before you start noticing. Each time you take out that half cup of dirty water and then put back in a clear half cup of water. But after a while, that water will begin to clear up. Will it ever be completely clear? No, because we're constantly exposed to it, and there just isn't any way to get 100% out. But we want to get the most that we can. Detox, once again, has to be slow. Rapid detox can make you very sick and has even been known to be fatal. Therefore, once again, it's recommended that you contact a medical professional before beginning a detox program. I'm not going to discuss pharmaceutical drugs used for detox because I chose not to use them and especially because I am in no way qualified to discuss them. This is going to have to be between you and your medical professional. The route I chose was one that I chose because of my investigation and advice from a very knowledgeable friend. The route I chose was as followed. I first started using a thing called a foot bath ionizer. Some people call these things voodoo medicine, but I'm going to tell you on me it made a difference. You're going to find many websites that will tell you that this thing does nothing and is a waste of money. And scientific data is hard to find, but... I have to tell you, it made a difference on the way I felt. Within a couple of weeks, I started feeling a little bit better. A machine can be purchased, or there's a lot of health food stores out there that will provide this as a service. Once you start a detox program of any kind, it is important that you start a supplement program. Detoxing removes both the bad and the good. Therefore, each time you detox, you need to replace the good that was removed. I chose a good multi-mineral replacement that included things like magnesium, calcium, zinc, copper, selenium, and others. I did not stay with one brand or a mixture. I took a variety of formulas. Once again, consult your medical professional. I also increased things like vitamin D. Mercury will deplete your system of vitamin D. I increased my vitamin E and C with small doses throughout the day. I didn't take a big dose in the morning. I took three or four doses during the day. Some things came from the foods that I ate, like oranges, avocados, sunflower seeds, and nuts. I also increased my garlic. The dog loved me. I'm not sure anybody else did. Next, I began taking a thing called Corella tablets. Corella is an algae. It binds to mercury and will help remove it through your stool. Big word of caution. Contact your medical professional. 
about 25 to 35% of the population just cannot tolerate chlorella. Therefore, I started with extremely small doses and slowly increased. I didn't seem to have any bad reaction to chlorella, but it did increase my bathroom trips, which means it was doing its job. And this is normal in any detox program. I also started taking cilantro. I was also buying cilantro at the grocery store and eating it in my salads along with taking the tablets. I had no serious side effects, but some can have reaction to cilantro. So once again, take it slow, contact your medical professional. There's also a product called Chittison, I believe is the correct pronunciation. Uh, one of the products is called Pro Chittison. It can also be used. Also, you want to limit processed foods. Avoid sugar and dairy. Eat more fermented foods. You can also take things like bentonite clay, but make sure it's a bentonite clay that you can ingest. Also, things like burdock root. I still drink burdock root tea. Also, increase your raw onions. All these things will help. The biggest step, though, for me was getting the deteriorating amalgam fillings removed. I had a total of 10 removed over a two-week period. I found a dentist that built a dam in the back of my mouth so that nothing could be ingested, then used a boot around each tooth as he drilled the mercury out, gave me air so I didn't breathe anything in, and he used a strong suction to pull all of the drilled mercury out and to pull the vapors away. After the last filling was replaced, I continued on my detox protocol, and my health took a rise that the Dow Jones Industrials would be jealous of. Every week was an increase in energy, increase in clear thinking, and symptoms reduced. I still do a small detox protocol just because of our environment. As time goes on, I think it will be more important than ever. After about six months, I was back to work and operating pretty much on a normal basis again. But in all honesty, it took about three years of slow and steady detox before I finally got back to where I am today. If you have a heavy metal success story, please contact us at guest, spelled G-U-E-S-T-S, at naturalblisspodcast.com. My goal of this podcast is for you to have the life you deserve. Thank you for listening to the Mercury Roller Coaster Part 2. In Part 3, we're going to be discussing the possible mercury alcoholism connection. We hope you'll join us. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. <laughs>